Come Together, what a great song by the Beatles. And we're kicking off a two-week series called, guess what? Come Together. And uh, man, what a classic song that is. We got the graphic up here of them walking on the streets there. And so uh, we just want to talk about coming together because we're excited that today at our San Diego and our Moreno Valley locations, we are coming together live. And uh, we're excited. And we're excited to be a part of you wherever you're watching this, a part of uh, being online with you today in our new series, Come Together. As you can see... I am proudly sponsoring and well, I'm not sponsoring them, but I am I'm supporting my Dan Fouts classic vintage San Diego Chargers jersey because today is Jersey Sunday, and uh, if you don't have your jersey on, run up to your closet really quick, put on your your uh, Raiders jersey or your Rams jersey or whatever San Francisco 49ers or Pittsburgh either whatever, put on your jersey and represent your team today because the NFL. NFL and football is back. And uh, so we're excited to have Jersey Sunday. Now, throughout today, we saw Pastor Kirk and Angel, Chicago Bears. We uh, saw Pastor Sergio, Dallas Cowboys. And I'm just going to be flat honest with you. I have no idea what the Chargers are going to do this year. Uh, I don't have great hopes, but uh, it's going to be a great football season. So it's Jersey Sunday. So I want to talk to you about come together, but uh, let's pray before we dive into it. So Father God, we just thank you uh, for this message. We thank you, Father God. You helped me to communicate my heart to your people. We thank you, Father God, for Generations Church. We thank you for the movement that we are. And Lord, I just pray for all of our locations. Father, we pray for Moreno Valley, Riverside area. We pray for Hemet San Jacinto. Pray for Temecula, Murrieta. Pray for the San Diego campus. Pray for Myanmar, Father God, Pastor James, and High Noon. And Lord, we just thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and you're where everybody else is at the same time. So we're going to kick off in Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, I'm going to preach this message today, but guess what? Next Sunday, Pastor Jennifer is going to be in the house. She's going to preach part two of our series, Come Together. We're going to kick it off in Hebrews chapter 10. And, and this is a familiar scripture. You've heard this all the time, but because of our series, uh, we're, this is our foundational uh, piece of scripture. Verse 23, it says, uh, let us hold unswervingly. This is not the New King James. This, I believe, is the NIV. To the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Amen? Verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, if you don't really understand that term spur, because I happen to be raised in the Midwest, rode horses, all that type of thing, I know exactly what a spur is. And a spur is what you put on your boots, and when you want a horse to move a certain way, you tap them with the spur. If you want them to get going, you tap them with the spur. And you use spurs to kind of guide a horse, and you also use spurs to help communicate with the horse, hey, let's get going. So it says right here, how we may spur one another. In other words, come on, let's get going. On toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up, meeting together. Not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now what's it talking about? As you see the day of Jesus' return. And all you got to do is flip on the news and you can see the day is quickly approaching. When Jesus is coming back, the rapture of the church. And so it says, hey, in these last days... 
Don't, don't, get, don't get stagnant. Don't get apathetic. Don't just kind of lose your direction, but spur one another on. Come on, let's get after this and let's move towards the things of God. And it says, do not forget to meet together. And so today, as we are coming together for the first time in a long time, we're coming together not only online, but we're coming together live in our San Diego and our Moreno Valley locations. And so we are coming together and we just want to speak to you about these things. It says, as the manner of some have gotten into the habit of doing. Now, I don't know about you, but some people have gotten into the habit of eating the wrong things during this whole COVID thing because we thought it would just be for a month and, ah, oh, we'll, we'll get back on our diet, you know, right around May, you know, and, and then May went and then, and then June went and then, well, it's summertime, enjoy the summer. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've all put on like 15, 20, 30, 40 pounds and all through this whole COVID thing. And now it's like, oh man. And it's like, we've gotten sort of like we, we've got into the habit of doing things we shouldn't be doing. And we've gotten into the habit of maybe not coming together for church. We've gotten into the habit of sleeping in on Sunday morning instead of getting up and participating. Now, of course, I'm not talking to you because you're listening to this right now, but perhaps you're listening to this Sunday night. Perhaps you're listening to this Monday afternoon and you just didn't get around to it. You've got to stay connected. You've got to, you've got to mentally decide and make a decision. I'm going to press in. I'm going to participate with the church and you can come back to church. Amen. We're on right now at nine o'clock, 1030 online and we're on at 9 and 10.30 in Moreno Valley Live. And then our Spanish service at well as well today. And so uh, we're just excited for what all God is doing. So notice during this whole COVID thing, if I can talk to you about this for a second, there was sort of a seed planted that most of us, we had never heard this terminology before. And it all started around March, early April. And it was this term, and the term was called social distancing. Social distancing. Now, the raw fact is, is they just wanted us to stay apart from people, from humanity, to contain the virus or to slow the spread or to slow the curve as they introduced this new terminology to the world, to us. Social distancing. Can I just say that maybe they used the wrong words? Because the very thing that we as human beings needs, human beings need is social life, especially when we're going through difficult seasons in time. We need each other socially. We should not be socially distancing in a, in a difficult pandemic time. We need to socially be supporting one another and be there for one another. But they chose the word social distancing. Maybe we could have introduced the word physical distancing. That would make a little bit more sense. Six foot physical distancing. Now, if you're five foot 11, then you might get COVID. Six foot one, you're totally clear. Those two inches make a huge difference. But six foot physical distancing would have made a lot more sense to people, but they use this word social, and so they, they put this in there. So all of a sudden, we got in our mindset that we're supposed to stay away and isolate and be apart, and it's all one simple little word. Do you realize that 40% of Americans say they're close to no one personally? Four out of 10 people would tell you that I'm not really close to anybody. I would say that is a sad statistic in America today that we are already socially distancing from people. Four out of 10 people can't even tell you who their closest friend is or would say they don't even have one. This is not a good thing in America. This is not a good thing for people to be social distanced from one another. As a matter of fact, a lot of the statistics that we see happening today are a result of this COVID. It's not 
COVID hasn't killed people, but these other things have actually brought destruction to people. Suicide is at an all-time high. Suicide right now, we have as many people who have committed suicide right now here in September as all of last year. Drug overdoses are way, way up. Alcohol abuse is way up. Depression is way up. Everything bad is way up. Everything. And it's because people are inside are hurting and people inside are depressed and people inside are like like trying to grab a hold of something positive, some kind of hope in life. And that's the reassurance that you and I have is when you have Jesus Christ on the inside of you, there is a hope, there is a future, and you can go to him, you can have communication with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit in your life. But can you imagine being a sinner? Can you imagine being a person that doesn't know about the goodness and the hope of Jesus? All they can do is go by what happens in the world. All they can do is go and judge by what's happening in the people around them. All they can do is judge humanity with an intellectual perspective, but not with a God perspective. We have such an advantage as believers, as human beings, to go to the hope that we have in Christ, having that reassurance and that peace on the inside. This is why we can come against fear. We don't have to live life in fear, especially against a disease. We can have a faith and a hope and a trust in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you with that hope today. If suicide has been a thought that's come across your path, it is not from God that that thought is there. The demonic realm wants you to take your life. Do not ponder those types of thoughts. The Bible says to cast down vain imaginations or thoughts that are not of God. And so we have to take captive every thought, the Bible says, into the obedience of Christ Jesus. When you start getting depressed or when you start thinking about drugs or you start thinking about taking your life, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta take captive those thoughts and take the word of God and put the word of God in you and overcome in those areas. If there's any time that we as believers should be helping, supporting, and socially connecting with other people, it's during this time when there's so much despair and depression and hurting in our world today. Now, if we look at the Bible, some people might say, well, probably the first problem that God found in humanity was sin. Because, man, humanity are just a bunch of sinners. And God's like, oh, man, they're sinners, and I've got to do something about it. But in actuality, that's not exactly the first problem that God found. If you would go with me, if you have your Bibles or your phone or right there, wherever you're at, go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Way, way back in the beginning, of course, if we're going to find the first problem that God found, then it's going to be in Genesis. Genesis, chapter 2, we're going to flip way up here to the very beginning of the Bible. It says this. They'll have it on the screen there for you. Genesis chapter 2, it says in verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, first of all, the helper is not the problem, just in case you're wondering. The first problem is it is not good that man should be, what's that word? Alone. Sin was not the first problem. God first recognized that the number one first problem of humanity is man can't be alone. Humanity can't be alone. We were not made to be alone. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he made him a helper comparable to him. 
And we know that he took Eve out of the rib, out of his side, to be alongside of him and support him. And so we see that this is God's design. But it's interesting to point out, it is not good that man should be alone. And what is the very thing that social distancing and isolation and stay in your homes and stay away from people and don't be around people? Be alone, be alone, be alone. And God knows, no, 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 you, you cannot be alone. We've got to come together. We've got to come together in unity. We've got to come together and fight together. We've got to come together to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. We have to recognize that the first sin was, was or the first problem was not sin, but it was solitude. It was isolation. It was being alone. And God said, man, Adam, you cannot be alone. It is not good for you to be alone. Thank God he created Eve. If we go over to the book of Ecclesiastes, you're like, where in the world is that? Well, it's in the Old Testament, right about up in the middle somewhere. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It's interesting. There's another scripture here about being alone. But this one is quite different because Adam, of course, was the first human being. And so uh, it was obvious he was alone and God saw that it wasn't good for him to be that way. But we come over here to Ecclesiastes. Now, we have a gentleman by the name of Solomon. Some say he was the wisest person ever. He was the richest person ever uh, until Amazon and Jeff Bezos. But anyhow, Solomon came along, and it says this about Solomon. Now think about Solomon. He was the wisest person. He had, he had everything. He was like the wealthiest person. And he had hundreds and hundreds of wives. Hundred, now, I could say something right there, but I just, I'm going to hold my tongue. He had hundreds and hundreds of wives. Now, watch what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. It says, there is one alone without companion. Think about that. Here he is, hundreds of wives, all kinds of money, but he was alone. See, money can't buy you. Happiness. Money can't buy you compatibility. Money can't buy you really anything that you need internally. Neither can companionship necessarily. He had all kinds of wives, but he felt alone. And so there's something about connecting emotionally, not social distancing, but connecting with people so that you don't feel alone. 40% of Americans say they don't have someone that they feel is close to them. That is a problem. And if you would say, you know what, Pastor Troy, that's me today. I, I don't really know who, who I can connect with, who, who's, a, who's a friend I can call on. Well, that's the, that's the role of the local church. That's why the Bible says that we have to not forsake the assembling of ourselves. But see, that's also why we have our Zoom meetups and our groups, our GC groups, so that you can find someone in life that you can connect with and do life together. That is the, that is the purpose of that, if I can just share my heart with you today. So if you're watching online, I know that maybe you've chosen to stay online and maybe you need to stay online for health issues and because of your age and all those things, but you can still connect. Don't, don't distance yourselves. Don't uh, be alone. Don't isolate yourself. Be aware of the enemy's tactics and drawing you away because then you'll start planting seeds. Well, you haven't been there in a while, so no one probably remembers you, and so why go back to church? All these kind of subtle thoughts that he'll just plant in the minds and the hearts of people to get you to isolate, to get you to pull away from the church and the body of Christ. When the Bible says, no, we're supposed to come together. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen? 
So it says this, let's keep reading. It says, there is, there is one alone without companion. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors, nor his eye satisfied with riches. But he never asks, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This also is vanity and grave misfortune. Then it goes on, verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help help him up. Verse 11, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But if one can be warm, can one be warm alone? Verse 12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now you maybe will hear that scripture at a wedding, a threefold cord, because it's the groom and the bride and God woven together that makes a threefold cord that cannot be broken. And so it, we have to understand that all these scriptures right here, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If one falls, the other can pick them up. This is indication of why we have to come together to support each other as the church and not be isolated and don't with, withhold and, 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 and keep yourself in a, in a place where you're always feeling like no one cares and you get isolated. That is a very dangerous area and you have to be aware of the enemy's devices. So here's Solomon, man. He had all the money. He had all the women in the world. He had all these wives, but he was alone. He was alone. Acts chapter 2, if you want to go with me there and turn there while I'm uh, flipping there with you. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We have to remember that the enemy's agenda is to isolate, to depress, and abandon people from the local church. He wants to pull people away. This is why the believers in this last day as the church, we must be united and we must come together in this season. We have to be united. You say, well, Pastor Troy, I don't feel like I can come together there live. I, I'm not talking about physical I'm talking about spiritual, and I'm talking about connecting spiritually with where we're going, and don't allow yourself, even though maybe physically it's what you need to do during this time, but don't allow your heart to disconnect from where we're going. Don't allow your heart to not be together with us in vision and purpose, amen? You've got to stay connected to the vine. You've got to stay connected to the source. You've got to keep pressing in. You have to do that because slowly he will pull you away. Look what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 40. And it says, in many, uh, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in fellowship and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now watch what happens, verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple 
And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So I got three little bullet points that we'll just do in these last, uh, you know, five to ten minutes here is in our message that I just want to encourage us as we come together and uh, and and as we as we move forward in these in this time and season that we're in as the church. Number one, commitment. There was a commitment that they had to each other. We see it right here in the, in the early church. And I believe this, that if the early church started this way, that's pretty good chance that we're going to wrap it up this way where we're going to have to come together in commitment. We're going to have to be there uh, for each other. We're going to have to be committed to the purpose of Jesus Christ. We're going to have to be committed to sharing the good news as I spoke about last week. We're going to have to be committed to serving uh, the church, to serving people that need Jesus, to, to get out of our selfishness and into community and into togetherness and come together in serving the house of God. There was a commitment that they had to each other. And I can guarantee you if someone didn't show up at someone's house, they probably were like, they couldn't call them. You know, they didn't have like the cell phone back then, but they probably sent somebody on the donkey, hey, go see where so-and-so's sister is or or brother so-and-so is and see how they're doing and see what's going on with them. And so there was a community that they had together. The second thing is what I just said actually is community. They have community with each other. And so it's important that we have that community, but you have to push into the community. There are so many people today that are like, I'm looking for my tribe. I'm looking for my community. I'm looking for who I roll with. I'm looking for my identity. Your, your identity is in Christ and your community is in the house of God. And so you have to understand that you have to do community with one another. Now, we got all different communities all over Southern California. It is up to individuals to connect in that community. You know, for years, uh, I would see people come to church, and many times I would recognize people's faces, but I would never see them necessarily connect or get committed or, or really even get in community. We would offer groups and all kinds of different things and conferences and trainings, and, and these, these individuals that I would recognize their faces, the only time I would see them is on Sunday mornings. And then eventually, I wouldn't see them as often, and then eventually, I wouldn't see them at all. See, there's a key when you come into community that you have to become the community. You can't just watch the community. You can't just attend religiously as if I got my gold star in heaven because there will be a time where you will separate and then the enemy will actually isolate you or he'll come up with agendas to pull you away, things that will keep you busy in life so that you are not connected into the house of God, or you're not connected to community, to the people that are there serving Jesus with you. So number one, you've got to be committed, and you've got to have a, make a commitment to the coming together with people. You've got to make a commitment to the church. You've got to make a commitment to the vision that God has connected you with. Number two, community. You've got to have community with each other. This is why we have the Zoom meetups. This is why we have different GC groups throughout the year, and so people can find someone that they connect in life with. And so sometimes it's a social group. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's, maybe it's poetry. Maybe it's some other thing that you just enjoy doing and you find people that enjoy doing that and that is where you begin your community and your connection. And you don't have to know the pastor of the church because you have community with someone that's within the church. Everybody is a part of the community. I also want to just kind of address this a little bit. I think it's important in community that as we read this right here, there was nothing mentioned about race. And in the time we live in, racism 
is something that right now is in everybody's face. We see it everywhere. Everybody's talking about racism, racism. There's racism, there's racism. And I don't disregard that there probably is in some form, fashion, or way. But you know what? As the church, we have to remember that we are called alongside every brother and sister, every white person, every brown person, every black person, every red person, every yellow person. The colors that God made of the dirt are the skin colors of humanity. And we need to come together Every race coming together, supporting one another, in community with one another, with commitment to one another, because our identity is not in the color of our skin, but our identity is in Jesus Christ. And if you're a brother in the Lord, you're a sister in the Lord, then I am committed to you, and I want to do community with you, and I want to pull the gifts of God out of you, and I'm here to support you and come alongside of you. And we have to be careful that the spirits of division that are in the earth today do not cause those of the church to be pulled away by divisive tactics of the enemy. And we as the church have to come together and be even stronger in this area than ever before. And I'm so thankful that we have a very diverse church. But we have to be aggressive and purposeful in continuing to be a diverse church. We have to love on everybody. And if there's any seed in your heart that's not right, just ask God, God, I repent of any seed of racism. I repent of any judgments. I repent of any things. And some things have gotten in us just because of society and who we've been around. But you've got to learn to love on every person. And as the church, we've got to be in unity and we've got to come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Christ. And that is where we find our community. The last C of how we need to come together is our care for one another, which could have been what I was just saying, but really it's being there. I love the fact that we had uh, our brother who just went through a major surgery and our community, our people came together in care for him after he came out of that cancer surgery and as he's been rehabilitating. And there's other people in our church that have lost loved ones during this whole COVID thing, not necessarily because of COVID, but just people have passed away. And our community has come together and we've cared for one another. In the day and time we live live in, you need to know that someone cares for you Someone's there to support you. Someone's there to pray for you. And I'm so thankful for Generations Church that we care for one another. We care for every location, every campus, every person around the world that is a part of us. We care for, Father, for, for those that are watching in New York. We care for those that are watching in the Midwest. We care for those that are online, wherever you're watching us from, that there is a family and a team and a commitment and a community and a care by the people of Generations Church. So we need to come together, the good old Beatles song, and the time that we live in, and we need to press in. We need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. And so it's important not to let the enemy divide us to create strife or to isolate us, because we already know that in the beginning, when Adam was alone, God saw that that was not a good thing. So we have to do community. We have to come together. Amen? Let me pray. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Father God, for your Holy Spirit to touch people. We thank you, Father God, that you would stir our hearts. If you've challenged us today, Father God, by your word in any way, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you go right now to those that are watching, Lord. And I just thank you that you bring healing to their hearts. Father God, if there's any person that senses a, a, a bit of depression or a bit of isolation or they don't feel like they have a friend, Father God, I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you just go and touch their heart right now.
And I thank you, Father God, that they would take the ownership on themselves to press in, to make friends, rather than waiting for someone to become their friend. And so, Lord, I thank you that you've given us our ability to press in, to create community with one another. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. Uh, pray for people that are, uh, that are watching right now, that you just bring them support and strength and peace and joy during this time. And we just come against the enemy's devices to try to isolate people to try to make people feel depressed or, Father God, that they would uh, even have thoughts of suicide, Father God, or, or drug overdoses or alcohol. We just come against these, uh, these outward expressions of inside pain. And, Lord, I thank you you heal the pain right now in people's hearts. And, Lord, I thank you for Generations Church. We're a movement to the world. We thank you, Father God, that we're committed to one another. We have community with one another, and we care for each other. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if perhaps today you're watching and uh, maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You've never invited Jesus into your heart. Last Sunday, I did a whole message on this. And, and I just want to pray with you right now, wherever you're watching around the world. If in your heart, you're like, I don't know. I, I was just in a conversation with some people the other day. and Well, you know, I used to go to church. My mom would take me to church, but I'm not really a believer. I know that there's probably a God. And, and so we have to be careful when we're aware that there probably is a God, but we've never made a commitment in our heart to that God. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That tells us that there is a form of perishing, but it's up to you to have everlasting life by choosing Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us who is available. It says whosoever, in other words, anybody who hears this that chooses my son Jesus, eternal life can be theirs. Eternal life is not a future existence, eternal life is a quality of life that you can begin having as soon as you find Christ in your heart. So if you would pray this prayer with me wherever you're at, just pray this in your heart. Pray it out loud if you're available to or able to. Just say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that your son Jesus went to the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in just a minute, Pastor Kirk and Angel, they're going to come back on. They're going to give you some instructions. We want to get some tools into your hand. If you invited Jesus into your heart today, it's the greatest decision of your entire life when you find Christ. Not religion, but you find a relationship with Jesus. And so thank you so much for being here. Next Sunday, my wife, Pastor Jennifer, is going to be preaching the word. As we finish our series, Come Together, it's going to be amazing. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. All right, wasn't that a great message by Pastor Troy this morning about coming together? Hey, this morning, if you happen to ask Jesus in your heart, text to the word GC Church to the number 97000. That's GC Church to 97000. Because we love to celebrate with you. We love to get something in your hand to help you on the new journey in life. And we're just so proud of you. So we thank you this morning for that. And also, partners, if you missed out this morning or you just clicked on right now, you said, hey, I would love to give to Generation Church. Down below are three ways to give. So you can go ahead and do that also. Yes, I would actually also like to say congratulations to those that yes. uh, received Jesus today or rededicated their lives. That is so exciting, and that is what we're all about here at Generations Church. That's right. And if you would like to get connected and be part of what is happening at Generations Church, you can go to the Church Center app, and you can connect with our Zoom groups. Our Zoom groups are happening right now, and yes. there is something 
for you to join, no, no matter your age right. group. Yes, we have stuff for the young people. We have stuff for young adults. We have stuff for married couples, for singles, for no matter where you are in life, there Everybody. is something for you. Right, right. Don't forget about this week, the mid happening in the Marina Valley location, 7 p.m. You can watch online or if you're out and about and you say, I'd like to come check it out live, stop by the location and check it out. It's going to be awesome. Yes, and also kids, we don't want you to think that we forgot about you because absolutely we have not forgotten about you. You can join your own worship experience right yes. now on Generations awesome. Church Facebook page and GC Kids YouTube. So you can find the information in the description below. Yes, that's so awesome. So everybody's got something to do. Hey, service is over, our worship experience is done. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And hopefully we'll see you soon. So be safe out there. Stay cool. We love you. We love you. Talk to you later.